What's going on, gang? It's a beautiful day for a podcast here on the Red Cedar Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to your podcast, remember to rate the podcast and give me a follow on Twitter at ScottTroop16 and check out my YouTube videos on YouTube. Just look up Scott Troop. You'll find me if you like gaming, Michigan State vlogs, uh, PS4 gameplay, any type of that stuff. If you're into that stuff, then go give it a subscribe. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. We're going to be jumping into any anything and everything Michigan State during this quarantine period. Obviously, no sports are going on due to the state of the world right now. Um, but there is uh, some some stuff to talk about. Uh, so we're going to be jumping into that and talking about how I do believe that there is a light at the tunnel. Definitely coming here soon. So we're going to jump into that. And let's get going in. Okay, let's get started here. So a couple interesting things to note, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic that has basically stopped the whole country and world, um, and obviously, especially the sports world, um, hasn't been much to talk about, um, hasn't been much going on, um, but Definitely in the last couple weeks, uh, many sports leagues are evaluating options on how to come back safely and effectively to uh, ensure uh, the players and uh, staff and everyone involved in making sports happen, uh, making sure everyone is safe um, and it's done in the right way. Um, And college sports, I believe, is at the forefront of this, um, clearly. Um, so talking about MSU football right now, um, the NCAA came out last week and is allowing student athletes to come on campus for voluntary workouts starting June 1st. Now, from what has been coming out, uh, uh, since this announcement was made, most leagues are allowing people that come back on campus uh, sometime in the middle of June, towards the end of June or beginning of July. Um, So MSU, the date, I believe, is June 15th, that players are going to start coming back on campus um, and doing voluntary workouts. And obviously, they're still working through all the precautions that they're going to be doing. Um, There's going to be, I think, like 10 people in a weight room at a time, but basically what it sounds like the plan is, is to have like 10 or less people in the weight room at a time. Uh, there obviously can't be any coaches, only, you know, strength and conditioning um, uh, coaches, but no like offense coordinator, head coach, none of that. Um, and for just that group of people to be in there, uh, adhere to social distancing and precautions and everything that needs to happen. And then they'll be in there. Then once they'll, they are done, they will take them out. They will sanitize the whole place, clean it and get the next group of people in. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot and it's going to be a long process, but it's a good and necessary step in the right direction in terms of getting college sports back in general. Um, and specifically getting ready for, um, what is hopeful to be a college football season, uh, starting with September. Um, 
I do believe that this is significant. I know a lot of people may hear this um, or hear these announcements from these schools and, you know, some schools taking longer. I believe Oklahoma isn't allowing kids back on campus till July 1st. Um, and that's okay. I mean, I think whatever that community um, and that school uh, believes and the health officials involved in making these decisions believe is uh, the most responsible and the safest, I believe that's what they should do. Um, in terms of Michigan State specifically, um, I'm interested, I'm excited, obviously, uh, to see this happen and to compound this with um, the news that um, swept through MSU Twitter yesterday um, is President Stanley sending out an email to all the students and the campus community that um, it is bringing students um, onto campus this fall semester. Um, the logistics of that is just kind of going off a short little bullet point um, here of what the announcement sort of said. It's basically students are going to be um, starting classes September 2nd, I believe it said. Um, it would be starting classes September 2nd. Um, they're going to be cutting out the midterm break, um, which is um, usually around October, like Halloween um, area around that time of the fall semester. And then, then here is the big part. When students, um, if you're not familiar with college scheduling and how all this goes, usually Thanksgiving week, Student college students usually get out that Wednesday or Tuesday, depending on what school you go to. Um, and it's really the same for high school and everything, too. But uh, usually that week they get out sometime in like Tuesday, Wednesday, one of those days. And then they have obviously Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, obviously, most kids usually go home, spend the time with their families and then make their way back to campus and finish out the last like three weeks of the semester then um but so what's going to be different about this is when students leave that wednesday that week for um thanksgiving break they won't be coming back uh to campus for the last three weeks of the semester so they're going to be finishing the last three weeks and finals on um, at home and online um and i do i think this is smart i believe um i didn't see all the schools, but I know that I did hear other schools are planning on doing the same thing. Um, so I think that is significant. I think that is smart. And the reason that MSU Twitter was blowing up, um, probably the tweet that made me laugh the most and most excited was that's a convenient schedule because if you look at uh, the MSU football schedule, uh, first game is September 5th. Classes start September 2nd at people on campus. It's a good sign. And the last home game, they play on November 21st, which, oh, would you look at that? It's a week before Thanksgiving. So that is huge. That is huge. That is huge. That is huge. I cannot repeat how huge that is. And like I said to some people I was talking to right when this happened, I am not saying that because kids are on campus now um, because I, I do have to kind of preface this that also in the email they said how they're trying to limit or do away with 
large gatherings and stuff like that, which, so I'm not sure how I know, uh, obviously at a big time university like MSU, you know, classes can exceed a hundred people, um, you know, sitting right next to each other. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work out and their plans that they have for that. But, um, you know, I have confidence in that administration and president Stanley and everything they do that they're going to do the, you know, the, what they believe is right. And health officials say is going to be right. And most efficient as they mentioned throughout the thing that they, uh, confer with health officials and, you know, community members every day, uh, to ensure the best, um, possible outcome here, uh, that you can have. Um, so yeah. But so shifting back to the football aspect, the football side of this is, like I said, I don't necessarily think that this means that there's going to be fans in the stands. Obviously, I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, me and my dad are season ticket holders. Um, we'd love to be on campus. We love getting there, you know, 8 a.m. Saturday morning and, uh, you know, tailgating all day and or you know whatever time I love uh, I don't think there's anything better I mean there's nothing better than a Saturday you know walking the campus in East Lansing uh, so beautiful love all the people um, you know the community aspect of everything um, you know the involvement of everyone uh, it's really um, it's one of my favorite times of the year um, and uh, this is this can be a different discussion. Uh, not going to get off topic, but basketball was always my sport growing up. That's what I played my whole life. Um, I still believe basketball is my favorite sport. Um, but the whole process of a college game day of of football game because it's just like I love being in the Brez. Love being in the Brez so much. Um, a Saturday night game in the Brez. It's one of my favorite things. Um, but like there's there's just something different about the experience of um I think everyone has to you know experience this I didn't go to a college game in general until after I graduated high school um it was I actually just tweeted this out probably well when you think about it it's probably been about two months but it like right when the college basketball season ended um I put out an Instagram post um on my story about, uh, Cassius, um, you know, it was the post that he posted, you know, thanking Spartan nation for always taking by his side and, you know, everything, that whole post. Um, but I posted something, the first college basketball game I ever went to was, um, Cassius's first, um, first ever game at the Breslin, um, back in November, 2016, my girlfriend had got me tickets for, my birthday that year and um i think it was november 21st because uh, i think it was after my birthday or it might have been before that it was sometime in november of 2016 and we graduated june 2016 but so that was my first time ever driving up there um, i remember not knowing a thing a thing about this about going up there and where to park what to do what it was going to be like um but I do also remember going up there and it was, uh, you know, it was just, uh, I, I just fell in love with going up there. I've always been a state fan, you know, like my whole life, but, um, 
you know, actually being there is it brings you to like a completely different level of fandom. Um, you know, I get there, we get in the game, uh, we're sitting there, they obviously won. They play they, you know, didn't play a big game. It was uh, you know, like a small school at the time. Um but it's like I don't know, I don't remember what part of the game it was, but they um put up on the big screen. Um Magic Johnson was there and uh, you know, he's sitting over there and, you know, everyone's cheering. I was like, wow, you know, uh, you know, see magic, you know, uh, cause I was a Lakers fan too, you know, um, and obviously a state fan my whole life too. So seeing him, that was, that was cool. And then, um, I remember when we go, when we go to the basketball games, I still park in the same spot today. We park at the, uh, football stadium and, you know, make the walk across, uh, Munn field there uh into the breslin and i remember taking uh pictures and it was the day i think it was it was november 19th because it was the day before my birthday we and we played ohio state at home um and we played ohio state at home that year for football and i remember taking a picture like oh yeah we're gonna beat ohio state tomorrow and this was 2016 when we were football we were down three and nine but uh that year and uh we came close kind of to beating them but um you know and i i remember i was just like dang i remember telling my girlfriend we got in the car when we were driving i was like dang we need to come like more like this needs to be a thing like we need to come up here more um and you know the rest of the year kind of happened and that was you know our first year of community college and you know we were working a lot and we never really got the opportunity to come up there again um but then that following year we was the first uh circling back i know i'm kind of getting off on a little three or four minute tangent here but um the next year it was probably august no i think it was september uh september start first week of september um instead of the last week of august uh 2017 uh we bought tickets uh msu versus bowling green uh first game of the 2017 season First time we ever got there, never been in football stadium, never the only football game I've ever been to besides like high school or anything was I went to a few Lions games, but I'd not really, a, never really a Lions fan uh, or any really like Detroit team in general, but, you know, so never been to anything. So we, you know, I remember even up until the, the night before, uh, you know, not really knowing where to park and I'm like, I'm like freaking out. I'm like shoot like wow 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 like where do i uh like where do we park uh i was looking up like hotels i was like shoot maybe we can hide our car at a hotel and take an uber in or like what i had never because when we came up the first time it was it was nighttime and we uh uh we come up from the the like detroit area uh so coming up that way and um uh now we get off at exit 110 and you know drive through okamos and uh come in kind of like the sideway i guess but um the first time we stayed with like the traffic and we got off on like uh what is that the 127 or something uh where you get off in like the back and you drive through all the trees and drive through the uh like the left side of campus i guess if you're looking at it from the way i'm thinking about it and uh you know driving up and you know no way to get out of there and so we didn't know but then uh you know, we found this uh, spot where we actually tailgate still now today, uh, Mount Hope and Farm Lane, the little um, uh, 
the little like kind of RV field is what it's kind of called. That's where most of the RVs park is just a big field. And then across is a parking lot where I believe commuter students park um, across the street from MSU FCU. And, um, you know, that's where we parked and we didn't, uh, we um, didn't really know what to do. We got there and we kind of uh, drove through the one parking lot first and then came out and then parked and then we walked up. Uh, we started walking and we saw that there was a bus. Um, still take the bus today. You pay $5 each person round trip, you know, save your ticket. Uh, but we get in there and we get to our seats and sit down. And um, uh, yeah, that was a good, uh, that was a good game. And obviously 2017 was a really, really fun year. Um, 10 and three flipping the script from three and nine. And uh, that really started it. And 2017 was really like, I've always, as I keep saying, I've always been a Michigan state fan, but 2017 2016 going into 2017 and definitely 2017 was uh uh 2016 that first basketball game uh got my itch to go up there but 2017 and starting with football season was where I really was like wow I love it up here like absolutely like like whoa like um like this is like uh, like this like some of the best experiences I've ever had in my life is coming up here um and that's still true today um most of my fondest memories are uh you know spending time in EL um yes yeah, so anyway so then uh 2017 happens football season and we didn't have season tickets but we still made it to uh five of the seven games the only two games we didn't go to was or was it six of seven? We didn't get to go to the Notre Dame game. Oh, it was, yeah, it was five of seven. We didn't get to go to the Notre Dame game that year. And we didn't get to go to the Indiana game that year. Um, we almost went to the Notre Dame game, but we had a, uh, we had a college visit that day because um, we were trying to transfer to Central at the time. And um, I always wanted to go to state, but I never took school seriously. And, couldn't get in there. So I knew that this was my way to be a part of the MSU community is through sports. Um, so I want to be closer to them, but so we were at the central game that day and obviously MSU played Notre Dame, uh, at night and we came there and stopped at the Chick-fil-A on the way back home. Uh, we took it that way home and, um, I remember sitting there, we almost bought tickets, uh, can convince my girlfriend to do it, but you know, got home and watched it at home. Obviously, that was a tough game, but um, but yeah, um, so then basketball season hits, and we didn't have season tickets that year, as I said. Um, and then basketball season hits, and we go, I go to most of the games, I miss probably like you know, maybe four, five, uh the whole year, but I tried to go to most of them, 2017 going in 18 or that one might've been a little more. Um, but definitely went to a good amount of the games, probably half the games, um, at home that year and paid attention. Um, and then going into the next year, uh, we get season tickets for the first time for football, uh, starting in 2018. And then I, um, had the opportunity and I kick myself to this day that I did not do it. Um, in 2018, 
I had the opportunity to get season tickets for basketball. Um, they were, um, bench seats. They weren't, um, I've kind of gotten spoiled this year. I was able to get seats, uh, you know, with the seat bags and everything, like, you know, the normal chairs, not the benches, but, um, their normal seat back seats. I had the opportunity to get them, but I didn't. Um, I didn't. Um, I was not really like talked out of it, but um, it was uh, for me, it's about an hour drive up there. Um, so it was kind of like weighing. It was like, man, like, you know, that's obviously a good chunk of money um, in college, I'm, you know, traveling here and there. Um, um, the college I currently go to is about like 35 minutes from my house. And then, so, you know, I got that pretty much four days a week and then an hour drive up there for what, 14, 15 games. Um, and then I was uh, driving for football games too. So that was, it was looking to be a lot. Um, so I didn't do it. Uh, still one of my biggest uh, regrets to this day because um, I still ended up going to that game that year. I think I literally missed like maybe three, four games at the beginning of the season, uh, maybe, but once big 10 season hit, I was there every day, every game. Um, then last year, 2019 hit season tickets again, moved into better seats. And, um, then I tried to get basketball tickets again, but obviously we're coming off the final four, um, you know, and being due cash is coming back for his senior year. And, you know, we got X who was really coming into his own, um, especially this year. Um, and I tried to get, um, basketball tickets again. I called the ticket office. I literally checked uh, the website every day. And, um, when I called the guy, at the, finally called the guy at the ticket office, cause tickets were never going on sale. He said, yeah, um, students bought them all not on sale. <laughs> so now, so now I was like, wow. So now I have to spend all this money. And this year we had an amazing schedule this year. I mean, we had Michigan at home. We had, we played Duke at home. We played Ohio state at home, Iowa. Like we had such a good home schedule that I was like, man, this is, uh, it's going to be rough. Cause at the time I'm looking at the tickets for the Duke game and they're like 200 bucks at least a pop. And, uh, you know, so can't even imagine, but made it through. I've missed, um, as far as home games, I missed, I missed the Western Michigan game because it was my cousin's birthday and then, um, birthday party, should I say? And I believe that was the only game I missed the whole year. So this year, I think I went to all the games, um, pretty much besides the one, uh, there might've been two in there. Um, can't remember exactly and then going back to football right there i missed um we had to miss one game because of a wedding um which brought me back i was listening to or i was looking through pictures on my phone last night and um i saw a tweet from back in probably like september and it was uh it was like a screenshot from a, a twitter post and it said you know um this is why uh, i was talking about how uh, a wedding uh, someone had uh, got invited to a wedding like a year in advance or something and uh, the person immediately looked at the MSU football schedule for next year and was like Phew, thank god it's an away game um, and it was like uh, the tweet was 
football programs schedule their games years in advance uh, to allow planning for uh, weddings. Uh, I believe it was in the Geneva Conventions. Um, so that was a funny tweet and that uh, still uh, rings true to me. And I found myself last night looking, uh, you know, like two to three years down the line, looking at the schedule uh, uh, for possible wedding dates in the future. But um but anyway, now that I've kind of went off on a little tangent uh, here for a good chunk of time, um, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back and we're going to uh, finish out talking about what um, this fall season, semester can look like for MSU, uh, what it means for MSU football and um what it could mean for MSU basketball that students will be on home Thanksgiving and not coming back to the end of the semester. So we'll be back here in one sec. Okay, so now let's talk about the schedule that could possibly come about. Um, like like we've discussed, um, for MSU, uh, players can start coming back on campus, I believe, June 15th to uh, start the process of voluntary workouts and such. Um, I believe since uh, we got a sh- no workouts for um, spring, because we obviously didn't have a spring game and anything, because all this started around, you know, right when spring workouts were, ble- were beginning. I think there should be a two-week period in July for all schools from July 13th, which is a Monday, through July 24th. Uh, the following week's Friday. So two full weeks of a certain amount of hours that they're allowed to work with uh, players and um, able to get them on the field and work out, you know, even if it's like, you know, position groups and not like a whole team, but I think there's got to be some compensation for, for this stuff, you know, uh, for the time that was lost um, for everyone. And I know every industry is going to have, uh, you know, certain stuff that they have to cut or they have to uh, reevaluate, re reget the stuff uh, going. But I think it's um, essential that you help them in some sort of way um, in terms of gaining that extra time and um, experience that they would have otherwise had if it wasn't for obviously this global pandemic. And obviously everyone's going to have to um, adjust to everything. But um, I think that's kind of fair. Two weeks, you know, maybe do what basketball does uh, during the summer or beginning of the the fall semester uh, workouts where they get like a few hours. I think it's during the summer they get like eight hours a week or something. They can work with the kids, so uh, the players. So it's um, really, really detriment, not detriment, um, not the word I'm looking for, but it's uh, really essential that they um, you know, quantify their, uh, results and quantify their time, um, to get the most out of, um, the short time that they have. So I think that's what that two weeks needs to be. And then looking at the calendar that last week of July, you know, go home and enjoy one more week of summer with your family and friends, and then come back August 3rd, ready to knock out, um, fall camp for the remaining of August. And then, um, you know, going to August 31st uh, and the first week of September, that, that first game where you're leading up to September 5th against Northwestern. Uh, 
go in there with the mindset of, um, you know, getting ready, getting ready to play a game. Um, and go from there. Now, like I mentioned before, about specifically just talking about fans in the stands, because I know that's a big part of something I'm especially intrigued about, especially as a you know season ticket holder and uh, you know someone who loves spending time up there. And it's been as someone who goes up there pretty much once a week or once every two weeks at the most, even during the summer, um, it's been going on three months in like two weeks, basically. Um, the last time I was up there was March 9th, the last basketball game of the season. Um, that was the last time I was up there. And then everything, everything hit. Um, so as someone who even during the summer loves to go up there, once a week, once every two weeks, at least at the minimum, once a month, go up there, get some, get some Chick-fil-A, uh, drive around campus, walk the shops at Grand River, uh, go in the bookstore, walk around campus, um, uh, you know, drive around, uh, try to figure out how we were trying to figure out how to go into Lake Lansing this year. We tried to go over there a couple times, but, um, obviously not being from around there and, uh, kind of becoming a transplant in the community, um, uh, figuring out, uh, ways to get to the water. Um, different, you know, uh, we taken Balto, our dog up there, um, a few times, love taking him up there and, um, basically more of the story on there, there a lot. Somebody loves being there a lot. Um, but like I said before, just cause people are going to be on campus doesn't mean that fans are going to be in the stands. That is, from what I hear, it's going to be a governor decision. Uh, so for us in Michigan, Governor Whitmer will be making that decision and the health officials that um, she works with. Um, I believe that a decision for that will be made within the first two weeks of August, whether um, they believe it's safe to have fans in the stands. Um Listening to Ohio State's athletic director, what he said, he said there could be anywhere from 10,000 or I'm sorry, 20, 25,000 on the low end to possibly 40, 50,000, depending on restrictions. So let's look kind of somewhere in the middle to the more optimistic range, I believe, that this could possibly fall. Um, let's just say MSU, MSU sits uh, about 75,000 people in Spartan Stadium. Uh, let's say that there's 40,000 people that um, uh, health officials and Governor Whitmer believe are um, is safe to operate and adhere to um, safety precautions that are more than likely still going to be present at this time during football season. Um, so if you look at 40,000, probably get a guess, maybe save a thousand tickets, 800 to a thousand tickets around there for, uh, kids and their families, um, players and their families. And then you got to give a certain amount of tickets, a couple thousand to, um, the opposing team, obviously. Uh, so let's say you give them, um, 5,000, 4,000, 5,000, somewhere around there. 
then I believe you got to give students first go at it, however many students they get in. And then, so then it's like looking at myself, uh, you know, just the average, you know, basic season ticket holder, obviously still in college. I'm not a, a big donor and, you know, I, I'm not having drinks in the Huntington club, um, you know, with all these, you know, big business, uh, people, you know, uh, you know, I love our seats. We're in the, we're in the end zone, but you know, we're just, you know, base level season ticket holders, uh, base level donors. So where do you start out? I'm assuming, um, once you branch out from parents, opposing team, parents, fans, certain amount of tickets that are allocated towards them. And then you look at the students, um, however many, uh, thousands of students you get in there, then where does that leave? Um, I believe those three components are the most important um, to get in there first. So then where does that leave um, the rest of the student ticket holders? Obviously, if this is the case and it represents at lower than capacity, more than likely all the season ticket holders aren't going to be able to be in there. So I assume they'll start with higher end donors. So obviously people in the Huntington club, but I'm not sure if people in the Huntington club, if that'll be different. Cause that's kind of obviously like a separate area. Um, so let's say it doesn't count that because they go in a separate entrance. And I think there's certain different measures maybe in there, they have to limit what they can, but I mean, maybe I don't really see that happening, but it could. Um, so then you maybe get another, so then let's say that covers as far as students and away team and family members that covers about, let's just say that covers about 30,000, maybe that's probably maybe a little high, maybe a little low. I don't know the exact numbers. Um, but then you got about, about 10,000, about 10,000 fans. So who's going to be in there? Um, are you just going to allow season ticket holders? I don't know the exact numbers for season ticket holders. If that'll cover everyone, if that covers all season ticket holders, I mean, Hey, I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, so I'm fine with it. It sucks, but obviously this is different times. This is different times. And, uh, you know, um, it sucks, but, um, so if that covers all the season ticket holders, then, Hey, but how they get to that number, if there'll be fans in the stands, um, and the number that they believe to be safe, if it's less than, uh, at capacity, then what's going to be that number look like? And what's going to be the, um, what's going to be the range and the, um, different, um, different areas that uh, they're going to get in there as well. I find that to be, you know, interesting. And will this have any effect on, um, you know, I don't know if it will, but will this have any effect on like uh, media personnel, you know, um, all the media members that are, you know, watching the game up there. And, uh, you know, I know some are on the field too, I believe. I, most of them like from the Atlas uh, Lansing State Journal and, you know, all those all those guys are up in the booth 
uh, guys and girls are up in the booth. Um, so that'll be interesting if that gets any effect. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, this is a really interesting situation and it sucks, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I know we're going to get through it. Um, but this is setting up for a really interesting season. Um, as far as what the canes will look like in terms of people on the players on the field and people in the field, I mean, um, I'm going to get to that, um, in a few weeks, um, I'm going to, um, go through kind of the position groups on here. I might do one position group or two position groups, an episode, um, you know, maybe do, uh, I might start out with quarterbacks and running backs, um, you know, do those for a podcast and then, uh, you know, wide receivers, tight ends, and then do like offensive line and, uh, special teams or something. And then, you know, defensive line and linebackers, cornerback safeties, you know, something like that. Um, going over there. And then, then at the end of that, I'll make my, um, uh, early predictions. Um, I usually do not like to make my predictions for the season until, um, I try to make it like a week before, uh, cause you know, what's going on and, you know, um, you know, kind of what things are looking like. And obviously a week before the season starts, we'll know more about, hopefully we'll know who our quarterback will be, but that's something to talk about down the line, obviously. And we have to get in a situation health wise that we can get to that point and have those conversations definitely. Um, but those are conversations that we're definitely going to have and I'm looking forward to having them. Um, okay. So we're going to take one last quick break and then, uh, I'm going to talk about, um, if this will have any effect on the winter semester and specifically talking about the winter sports, um, specifically, uh, men's and women's basketball. Um, and then, uh, even if I think it might have any effects going into the spring sports and uh, baseball, softball, and um, the other spring sports. Be back in a second. Okay, so now let's talk about how the basketball season um, could possibly be affected by this virus um, and everything going on. Um, So basketball typically starts uh, with practices in September, and then um usually practice throughout september and october uh they usually have midnight madness sometime towards the uh, middle or beginning to end of october they usually try to pair it up with the football game and uh go from there um last year was the day before the penn state game uh, midnight madness was on October 25th, uh, Penn State game was on the 26th, and actually that Penn State game was the only game uh, that I missed last year was we had a family wedding. Um, but I still went up there for Midnight Madness and you know went up there and I actually went to the East Lansing versus Oklahoma's football game for like a quarter and a half. I wanted to check it out and um, uh, you know got something, got Chick-fil-A and went to Midnight Madness and everything, got home at like you know, one in the morning or something, then got up early the next day and got ready for the wedding. Um, but you have that, then you usually have an exhibition game and then keep moving into um, 
uh, the next stages. You can go into uh, Champions Classic. Um, and I believe we play Duke next year. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm almost 100% that we play Duke next year. Um, and then uh, we move into, we kind of usually have like one or two like uh, uh, games. Like I think last year we played like Binghamton. Uh, something like that and then actually last year we went to Seton Hall after we played uh, uh, Binghamton I think or yeah something like that Um, I knew we went to Seton Hall like three or four games in um, you know a big test early on that you know Malik Hall really came onto the scene Um, so we usually have that and then uh, go through that and then uh, every Big Ten team starts with uh, two Big Ten games in, uh, in December and then Obviously, Big Ten season starts after winter break in the beginning of January. So, if if students are going to be leaving campus um, the week of Thanksgiving and not coming back for the rest of the semester, how is that going to affect, if anything, um, if at all, should I say, um, affect basketball um in terms of playing and you know everything that you think about playing fans in the stands all that stuff um i have no idea um and no one knows because i know big reason why most schools are moving in uh that direction of uh you know um having a um semester and then cutting out breaks if they can and getting out by Thanksgiving is because obviously in uh, end of November, beginning of December is when it starts to get really cold. And that's when they say, and it's obviously in the middle of flu season. So uh, that's when they think that it could get bad again. So how will that affect basketball at all? I mean, um, in terms of just college basketball, because obviously the NBA is on a different level because they're still trying to finish their season um, right now here in the next uh, starting up again in the next month and a half or so. That's uh, two months. Um, I don't know. It's going to be definitely be interesting. I think that it could possibly have an effect. I don't know. Um, I would hope that, you know, hopefully by then maybe we're close to getting a or I'm sorry, to getting a vaccine. Um, and, and being able to, um, you know, isolate if someone tests positive for the virus. Um, I would hope at that point we would be able to, because, I mean, if you look at this, um, if we're just looking at um, the starting the second month, the second month of the season in December, once uh, kids uh, go home for the semester and finish out the last couple weeks, um, and, you know, football's last game this year is the Saturday after Thanksgiving, like it usually is, it's um, November 28th. And for MSU specifically, they play at Maryland. So how does that look for basketball players? Um, Are they still going to be able to travel? Are they going to be able to have teams come on campus and play? Um, Obviously, the schedule for this year hasn't been released. Uh, Basketball schedule uh, gets released, uh, uh, you know, later on. It's not... uh, uh, planned, uh, you know, for a year or so in advance, like, um, like how football is. Um, I 
they they play in a few games like here or there, but it's not like uh, like I remember at the beginning of May last year we got uh, the news that Duke was coming to town. Uh, you know, on uh, in December December second last year, I believe it was uh, or December third, uh, right around there. Uh, and that was when we were when they retired Draymond's jersey as well. Um, but so who knows? Who knows what could happen? Um, one of my suggestions, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, one of my suggestions about what could possibly happen and what might be something to help um, in terms of, uh, well, I guess I don't really know how this would affect basketball because um, obviously sports are on a different um which I know they're not, then they are, really. I mean, let's be real. These kids aren't amateur athletes. Uh, these players are not amateur athletes at all. Um, so will they be – that's why I think that, which I know no one's talking about it, like I said, because we're talking about football right now. But um, people said, people said, quote-unquote, that um, – they didn't think that if students weren't going to be on campus, that football players shouldn't be on campus and that there wouldn't be a football season. But now that most places are saying there's going to be online or in-person classes, then so how is that going to be for the last three to four weeks of the semester if kids are off campus, but uh, basketball still going to be playing, you know, what's that? Where's, where's all these people going to be then um, saying this? So I think, which I know that that's a bridge that we're far off. I mean, we're at the end of May right now. So we're still obviously, you know, six months away from any of this discussion in terms of basketball happening. But um, I think that's an interesting uh, discussion. Um, Now kind of sort of a schedule that I somewhat uh, looked at and I thought might be just from the stuff I hear just from the stuff I hear, the stuff I read, uh, that's all I can do is come up with stuff that I think might, um, be useful and just me spitballing thinking at home. Cause I'm just thinking at home, you know, reading this stuff and, you know, not doing anything else. Um, so all of this, I know it started other parts of the world and stuff earlier, but, really when it started to ramp up here in the States was uh, COVID-19 talking about, obviously um, started at the end of January, uh, beginning of February in other parts of the country or in other parts of, yes, other parts of the country and uh, like Washington, I believe. And then New York, obviously, um, you know, places like that, uh, high travel places uh, like Seattle and is where you first start starting to come up. And then obviously, um, it started getting progressively worse sort of throughout February, um, you know, and then obviously the beginning of March was when um, it just, uh, you know, got horrible and was, that's where Michigan specifically, um, uh, the state of Michigan saw its first case, uh, first couple cases, and um, that's when everything went on lockdown. But so if we're looking at uh, January next year, obviously, the winter semester um, uh, for college usually starts like the second week of January, right? Um, so we're looking at about 10, 11 months since this all started. 
and a lot of people said, um, which I know that um, experts are saying that this is like never going to go away. It's going to, from what I interpret, they're thinking it's going to somewhat kind of be like a similar way of the flu. Obviously, this is much worse than the flu. That's not what I'm saying. But they're saying that they don't know if this will go away um, like that. But um, experts say that it could be a year to get a vaccine. So if we're hopefully we have a vaccine, let's say we get a vaccine sometime in uh, January next year. I think for these colleges, uh, a timeline to look at could be, okay, you're getting kids off campus in uh, the end of November, um, having them finish the last couple weeks in December um, online. So what if you either, I think you have two options really that you could do. And obviously we'll know more as we get closer and um, if there is a second wave of this thing in the colder months. And it obviously might have to be changed. But if you start the winter semester, you have two options. You have one where you can start start online, and then uh, which I think this would be the tougher option of the of the two that I'm going to talk about. Um, start online and then transition back to in person. Um, like so, let's say in terms of like scheduling purposes, just to give a little bit more context, like still have students schedule classes. Like let's say you want you register for class Monday, Wednesday from 10 to um, 11, 20. Um, and uh, like Tuesday, you know, uh, two to three twenty, And, uh, you know, you schedule your four or five, however many classes you take, um, you schedule those. And then, um, so for the first, however long it takes until it's safe for them to come back on campus, you do that online. But um, you do it sort of where, which I know colleges have been doing this, and I think MSU was one of them doing this, that uh, you have to do the class at that time. So you do, you know, whether it's we're still doing Zoom, um, uh, you know, so you still have class at that time. So you're used to that. You're in and you start the semester online. And then when it's safe, you transition to in-person and then finish out the semester. And obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of logistics to work out for that. Like, uh, so how are you going to start moving kids on campus? Um, Let's say if uh, it hits a year, I know it's not going to be like, oh, a year hits, like, we're all good. Like, let's go, like, like we can be good again. Um, I don't think that's the case. It's not just going to go away like that. But let's just say the middle of February or the beginning of March, even, um, um, you know, the if we're looking at the state of Michigan schedule from when we got our first case. If you're looking at a year, and then so let's say, okay, how are you, how are you going to get kids on campus? Are you going to have to take a week off? Are you going to have to cut a week in the middle of the semester separate from spring break? Or, or how? Is it going to be safe to travel for spring break anyway? So... Will kids have to use their spring break to move back on campus um, from wherever you're at? And then how are you going to do that? Are you going to have to extend the semester any? I don't know. Just one suggestion. And then the second one that I'll talk about here, and then uh, we'll get off of here, is 
what about let's say obviously they'll have a bunch of plans obviously more than likely how about if you let's say you think it's going to be better in february and you think that you'll be able to do online or in-person classes like you did for the fall semester starting in february i say I think this one might be a little bit more uh, doable and have less logistical issues. Just start the winter semester beginning of February instead of the beginning of January. You'll have to add a month to the end. So instead of ending the end of April, uh, you'll end the end of May or however the schedule works out. I know every college is different, either ending anywhere from the last week of April to the first week uh second week of June, somewhere in there. So extend it basically till the end of May, beginning of June, obviously, you'll probably have to. Um, and then obviously that'll have to alter the summer classes that are offered too. Um, whether it may be only, I know most colleges split it up into two semesters. Uh, so maybe uh, during the summer, like two seven week uh, uh, sections. Uh, so maybe only, have to, only be able to do one or um, however you're going to uh, be able to do that. So I think that's a little bit more doable. Um, but like we talked about on here, I know this is a sports podcast and talk about that, but um, I, this is obviously much bigger than sports. And we're talking about, you know, the whole world. And these are all things that affect sports, uh, you know, kids on campus, um, campuses being open whether there'll be fans in the stands, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully getting sports back here soon. Like I said, uh, keep an eye out the next couple of days for um, talking about the NBA and what they should do uh, their impending decision this week, next week, more than likely of what's going to happen. Um, some of the other leagues in terms of MLB, basically, um, and their responses to how they're going to get back and the struggles they're going through uh, with trying to get an agreement done to come back. Um, and like I said, my plan is to get stuff together to do um, a positional review series, um, maybe two positions per per podcast um, to go through that. And then um, after going through the position groups, um, doing a, a what if uh predictions uh what i think could happen um in terms of um schedule this year um which won't be the final one obviously um final projections that won't happen until august um, or beginning of september but yeah but thank you so much for listening to me ramble on for uh what probably about 50 minutes now but uh a little longer than I expected, but um, I got off on a little tangent in the, the first uh, first segment of the uh, episode, but uh, it'll be okay. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's always a beautiful day for a podcast. Remember that. Um, stay safe, everyone, and go Green Game. Bye now. Peace out.